All right, here we go. We're getting into today's message, I promise. And, I, and, to, and I'm going to pick up where we, talk, where we left off last week. And, and last week we talked about spiritual growth. And I actually titled this Time to Grow Part 2. I don't know if we have, there we go, Part 2. Uh, uh, so, it, you know, I knew we could not get finished with that message in one service. So, uh, you know, uh, we've got today, and I'm, I'm going to do my best to finish today. All right, because I've got something really I want to dig into next week with you guys. So you don't want to don't want to miss either one. And listen, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you guys to go back and get the podcast. Listen to those as quick as we get those up, guys. It'll keep you caught up, right? And let me tell you something. If you're going to be in God's house where you can receive, you need to be following what's happening in your church, right? Because this is where God's called you. I'm not saying you can't follow other ministers, but some people have lost sight of the fact that they're they're supposed to receive from their pastor, right? Amen. Just saying, right? Amen. All right. So we're talking about spiritual growth and we talked about how important it is. And it's not just important that we grow spiritually. All right. It's imperative, right? You know, there's this mindset in church today that where people believe, well, if I'm a Christian, I don't have to do anything else. I just have to get saved. I have a pastor that takes care of all of my spiritual needs. Now there, there is some truth to that, But come on now, God is wanting us to develop you into spiritual warriors, right? We're trying to advance the kingdom of God here on this earth, right? And I can, I'm only one person. I can only do that. So in order for that to happen, each and every one of us need to be growing spiritually, which is growing in the things of God. And we, and, and I'm going to tell you something, uh, it's, uh, growing is a, it's a, it's an important thing. I mean, if you don't believe that, ask any parent, when they want, you know, and we talked about last week how you can see the similarities in growing naturally versus growing spiritually, right? But in the natural, growing is it's, it's important, and growing is a process of training, and it's a process of learning. You don't believe that? How many of you have been around some kids and you can tell their parents haven't taught them anything, right? And that doesn't happen to anybody here. But I, we were at a restaurant not too long ago, and I'll never forget we were sitting there, and the couple was sitting there with their kids. They had two kids, and these kids were just all over the place. They were on the floor, under the chairs, and just making all kind of noise. And I could tell the parents were very, they were just, they, they were not having a good time. And they ended up leaving before they finished their meals because the children were disrupting the service. Now, I didn't want to turn, I'm not turning this into a parenting class, even though we could. But listen, you, 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 you want some good revel- parenting revelation? Teach your kids, train your kids to do what the family does. Don't let the kids train you to do what they want to do. Amen. That's the biggest mistake people make in parenting. And I'm not going to get into that because this isn't a parenting thing. But the point is, of all that, is growing up is a learning process in the natural and in the same as in the spiritual. I know most of you know uh, Pastor Michelle got a new puppy. Anybody seen the pictures of Gus? Gus. I mean, he's so cute. You know, he's part weenie dog and part chihuahua. I think he's 100% ears because they're like this big. You know, his head's like this big and his ears. But he's cute. He's, he's, he's a really cute dog, but he's a puppy. And we were sitting at home. Michelle and I were sitting there. We were watching TV. And we, got the, we got these little entertainment recliners in front of the TV. And she was sitting in one. I was sitting next to her. And, you know, playing with Gus. You know, he's cute. He's just a puppy, you know, you want to pet him and all that, blah, blah, blah. And he's really entertaining, you know. He's, he, he literally fetches himself. and I mean, plays fetch himself. He'll take the ball and he'll throw it 
and then he'll run get it and bring it back, put it down, pick it up, throw it. And so you, you can just sit in the recliner and like, wow, this is awesome. I'm playing fetch and I don't have to do anything. But and he's entertaining, but Michelle was holding him in her lap. And actually he was asleep, wasn't he? And he was sitting there asleep. And we're just relaxing, watching TV, and all of a sudden, you know, we've been sitting there well into this movie for an hour or so, really comfortable, you know. And all of a sudden, she sits up and says, what did you do? The dog peed on her, right? She peed on, the, I mean, he, he peed on her. And he, he didn't even wake up, you know. He just peed, I'm like rolling, you know. I'm being a good husband, you know. Ah! <laughs> you know, and she's angry. I don't know if she wants to beat the dog or beat me. But I really, I rein it back. Oh, well, you know, honey, he's a puppy. You know, be sweet. He's a he's he's a puppy. He's got a he's got a, he's got to learn some things. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm laughing, you know, it, but he's a puppy. You know, you got to learn some things. But you know, the story didn't stop there, because the next night we're back on the couch watching TV, and Jessica comes over, our daughter Jessica. And those of you that know Jessica, that don't know her, I love her. I love her, love her, love her. But Jessica will pawn off some work. But Jessica's holding the dog, right? And she's in this chair. I'm here and mom's here. And I think Kaylee was in the other chair over there. We were all watching a movie. And so Jessica's, you know, anybody that knows Jessica, she loves dogs. And so she's petting the dog. He's asleep in her lap. Well, apparently the dog woke up. Now, Jessica don't know that I know this, but the dog woke up. Well, how many of you know when you, a dog wakes up, a puppy wakes up, you better get him outside because he got to go to the potty. Well, I'm not thinking this through, and I'm not paying really much attention. Well, she puts the dog on me. You know, and I'm like, she puts the dog on me, and I'm like, oh, ain't this sweet? The dog wants to sit for me, and I go to reach for him, and boom, he pees on me. I wasn't happy. I'm talking about, he, I'm like, are you kidding me? I was saltier more than salty. I did not talk to him for two days. And then I did pick him up and pet him. But he beat on me. Jessica didn't want to take him out, so she pawned him off on me. And then she sat over there all so sweet and innocent, you know, while he peed on me. What's the point in all that? <laughs> Gus has got some things to learn. Amen. And he better learn it quick because I'm going to tell you, woo. You know, it was so funny. They were so, all the girls were all sitting there and I was pretty, I, I was pretty salty and I had forgot about how I was laughing at her the night before. And they were all laughing under their breath because they knew I was pretty salty about it. But you know, life goes on, right? Amen. But <laughs> listen, if the dog needs to grow some, how many of you want to, how many of you want to grow in to be good dogs, right? We all do, right? So if you do, you got to learn some stuff. That's the point. But so why is it that we're being so focused on, on growing spiritually today? And that's a question that I get a lot. And, and, you know, because right now in society, a lot of church, and I, I never criticize churches, okay? I may talk about some things that I think they should do, be different to use as an illustration, right? But listen, we've got to learn to unify the body of Christ, yeah. which means I got to love you, whether you believe, you know, as long as our doctrine is, is we're going to heaven, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then we can get together and we need to be doing some things. Because the biggest thing that's holding up the body of Christ today is the disunity amongst churches. I mean, you get together with a group of pastors now and they want to fight over wife with you because you believe in tongues and he doesn't believe in tongues. Who cares? That doesn't take you to heaven or hell. Listen, I'm going to walk in the blessings that come with speaking in tongues and maybe you're not. Who cares? Let's get together and go feed the poor. Let's do some things, right? So, but anyway, a lot of society believes that, um, um, that there isn't a significant they're, they're, the priority for church is, is distinguishing, is, is disappearing, diminishing, right? 
It's diminishing. I lost my train of thought there for a second. It's diminishing. They, in other words, and if you go and you listen to a lot of messages, you can tell the ministers who are just preaching to draw a crowd. Now, listen, there's a natural side to church. If you don't draw a crowd, you can't operate the church, right? Amen. So you've got to find the balance in all of that. So that, that being said is a lot of the, the messages today are very soft. They're very short. Now, I'm not saying you've got to preach two hours. You know, Brother Hagin used to always say, if you preach longer than their backside can handle, you're preaching too long. You know, they done checked out on you, right? So we try not to do that. We try to keep them around 35, 45 minutes, you know. But a lot of people have, have learned to accept that they go to church to be entertained, to hear a soft message, to hear a pleasing message. And it's not that the messages are bad. It's just they don't get into some stuff. They don't, they don't get into the, 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 into the meat of the word. It's like, well, we'll talk about that some more here in a minute. And the reason that this is happening, guys, is because of the days we're living in. This is the last days. Now, that, remember we did a series on that. This is, doesn't scare us. You know, some ministers say that, that we're in the last of the last. I mean, that's up for debate and all that good stuff. And listen, the last days can last a long time, you know. And it never is meant to, to, to make us afraid, but it's to make us aware. And because we're in the last days, guys, the devil is trying all, he's the master deceiver. He's doing everything to separate you from God. And if he can separate you from church, then he's got you. Now, if he can't get you out of church, if maybe if he can get you in, in church where you're not getting the fullness of what God's word has for you, come on. Yeah. At least he's got, a, he's got a foothold on you. He's separating a little bit. He's separating in a lot of ways and people don't even realize it, Right. But the reason that we're talking about this, guys, and God is really emphasizing this, is this is the days that we live in, guys. We need to be growing spiritually. You need to be growing into the things of God to a point to where you can do some things. We need the body of Christ stepping up in a lot of ways. So many people need to come out of their shell. So many people need to just step in an ounce of their potential and start doing. Listen, we're not called to just live this life and just breathe and eat food and take up space. We are called to become Christians and advance the kingdom. That's why he made you the way that he made you, because you play a key role in that whole plan, right? Amen. But go with me to 2 Timothy 3. I'm going to start in chapter 3. Beginning in verse 1, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, and then I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but this, this whole thing talks about this. And then we'll go over to 2 Timothy 4 here in just one second, but I'm going to read 1 through probably about 5. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, but what I want you to do, guys, as I read this, I want you just to let it sink in, and I want you to think, this was written a long time ago, right? This was written a long time ago. But when you understand that this is happening today, in this very day that we live in, ooh, I'm going to tell you something. This is this is this is this this will open your eyes. It'll open your eyes. All right, beginning at verse one, and I, I love the Amplified. It gives it breaks it down so good. It says, "But understand this: that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. No doubt." Difficult days that will be hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self, narcissistic, oh my gosh, self-focused, lovers of money, impelled by greed. Guys, the dollar drives everything, everything right now. They will be boastful, they will be arrogant, they'll be revilers, disobedient to parents, 
Come on, schools can't keep teachers right now for the children not obeying the rules, not obeying parents, right? They'll be ungrateful, they'll be unholy and profane. God's profanity has gotten completely out of hand. I was at the gas station the other day, and this little old lady, I'm getting sidetracked, but this little old lady, I bet she was 71, 70 years old, about this tall, and she walked out of there, and I'm going to tell you what, some words come out of her mouth, and she wasn't happy with what happened at the counter, but I was just like, whoa, Lord, she needs some Jesus, because it was some, it was, it was, it got my attention, let's put it that way. Verse 3, and they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, calloused and inhumane, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, devoid of self-control. That just speaks to a lot of folks to now. They'll be intemperate, immoral, brutal haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, Lovers of sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God. Guys, that's sexual pleasure. That's everywhere right now. Every, and it's, I mean, it's, a guy told, I had a minister friend call me the other day. He said, You're gonna, I said, I need some advice. He said, I had a lady come up to me and she said she, she wants children, but she doesn't want to get married. And she's like, where does the Bible stand on me just getting a baby daddy? A baby daddy. He was like, what should I do? I'm like, well, let me go pray and think about this too. But this is an idea that's coming up in society now where it's acceptable just to do that. I'm going to shop for a daddy that looks a certain way, that maybe he's intelligent, maybe this, that, and other, and we just go have sex and I have a baby. Now I have a baby. And I don't want to marry him. I don't want any commitment. I don't want to be in a covenant with him. Right? But this is where our society is, guys. Driven by sexual, sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God. And in verse 5, it says, Holding to a form of outward godliness, religion, although they have denied its power for their conduct, nullifies their claim of faith. What does that mean? That means that people are going to be putting on the front of being a religious person. Come on. they're They're going to try to look the image of a Christian but their lifestyle is going to show something completely different. Guys, this is so many people, so many people in our world today. But look, go with me over to chapter 4, beginning in verse 3, still in the Amplified here. And this is where I wanted to get. And I, I want, I'm just setting the, setting the stage. I want you to understand, this is why it's important that we grow spiritually, because you need to know some things, guys. Because right now, the, the Satan, the ruler of this earth is doing everything he can to destroy the church, to destroy what we believe, destroy what we've been taught. Come on, the, everything from the past is people are coming up with ways to, uh, to twist it, to change it. And guys, let me just tell you something. I was talking with a minister friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about how now do you realize we are not the norm. It used to be normal to go to church. And it used to be normal to learn and love God and to serve God. That's not the case anymore. Now we're trying to draw people back. Amen? We need to be growing spiritually. But this is where I want to go with I want to show you this. Verse 3. It says, For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenges them with God's truth. 
Woo! Now, if that doesn't resonate with a lot of people in society today, you've got to understand what sound doctrine is, guys, and don't come up with allow the idea of coming in that, that we don't have to listen to sound doctrine because this is very dangerous. But this is where people, people don't want to be challenged. They want to hear what they want to hear from the pulpit. In other words, they want to come to church so they can check a box and they can tell God, well, I went. I went. I checked that box. Right? But I'm still going to go on over here and live my life the way that you know, I want to live my life. Right? And he goes on and he says, but don't challenge me with the truth of God's word. Remember, God's word is our filter for our life. This is the operations manual for our life right here, his word. We should be run everything through that. And he goes, oh, let's see, where was that? He says, but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desire and to support the errors they hold. Guys, what is he saying right there? He, what he's talking about right there, guys, is they're going to come to church. But they're going to come to church it because, but they want to have their ears tickled. They don't want to hear the truth that challenges their lifestyle. They want to hear what they want to hear. And they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their desires. In other words, they're going to find a man or a woman of God that preaches what they want to hear. Amen. And guys, you, that's not how it works. But this is the idea. You know, since we started this church, I know of four times I've been approached to come. I've had, a, had one gentleman come in. He said, I'll come in here. He said, I'll pay, I'll pay your mortgage. You'll never pay another bit mortgage or bill on the building. If you, I'll sit in your church. I'll call your church my home. I'll call you my pastor, but you can't do this. Boom, 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 boom. You can't preach this. Boom. Started his list of things. I mean, you know, I sent him down the road. Yeah. He had to go somewhere else. I've had people come to me and sit in here, and I can usually tell when people come in, just check you out to see if they want to, you know, see how you preach, because we may need, we may, we, we want you at our church, you know, and they, they'll come in, and you can usually tell, because it's usually two people, that are, you can tell they're not related, and they're kind of, typically a couple of board members, and they're looking, and they'll come in here, and they'll, they'll approach you, well, you know, we like your style, we like what you do, we'll offer you a job, we'll pay your salary, but you can't do this. Guys, that's dangerous. That's what he's saying right there. These are, these are the days that we come in, guys. We need to understand these times. We need to understand sound doctrine yeah. and understand when the enemy Satan is trying to separate us from that. And most important, you need to understand, guys, you need to, you need, he's trying to separate you from me. So he's going to make you not like me. He's going to make you not like my hair. He's going to make you not like my shoes, my what? He's going to, I don't like the way he squeaks when he talks. I, he's going to make you see all of my negative things, right? And don't make a list. I don't, I don't want to hear it, right? <laughs> I rebuke you now in Jesus' name, okay? Let's <laughs> go so ahead and settle that one right now. Amen. But you guys, you got to be able to discern some things. Because let me tell you something. There's a thing called the perfect will of God for your life. And I call that God's happy place for you. Yeah. And that's where you want to be. Yes. How many of you want to be in God's happy place for you? Because yeah. yeah. you know what happens there? That's where his hand is on your life. That's where his favor is on your life. You may face trouble. You may face problems. But let me tell you something. It's a whole lot easier when you're living and walking in the perfect will of God. The peace of God is just there. Right? And that's what everybody strives to get to. They want to be there. And they want, and I'm going to tell you something, you're not going to get there without growing spiritually. 
about, without being able to discern sound, what's sound doctrine, what's not sound doctrine. Because let me tell you something, the enemy's taking, taking scripture and twisting it now to try to make people to under, un, not understand what the true meaning of those verses are. Right. And people that don't know how to rightly divide the word and don't understand that you've got to take the whole context of scripture. You can't take one verse and make a doctrine off of it. They don't understand all of that and they'll be easily led astray. Guys, all of these are reasons we need to be growing spiritually. But let me give you a great revelation this morning. Let this one sink in, guys. The place of perfect peace that everyone is searching for can only be found in living in God's happy place for your life. In other words, I know that's real profound, right? But God's happy place, living in the will of God, is that's where everything is, guys. It makes all the difference. You know, there's a lot of people that are all, they're all over the place ministry-wise. It's because they're trying to do things they're not called to do. Because there, there's people that I can tell you right now that are, that are trying to be pastors that aren't called to pastor. Mm, it happens. They're not caught. And then they're, they're struggling and they're having issues and problems and this, that, and the other. It's because they stepped out of that happy place. God called them to be the second man. Maybe not the front man, because maybe they're maybe they're great administrator, and, and, and but maybe they're not the best at making the big decisions. Whatever the reason may be, you got to make sure you're in the perfect will, guys. And that comes by being able to discern what's happening in your life and being able to rightly divide the scripture. Let me tell you something, and I'm going to throw this out there, because God's happy place for you is that you be a part of a local church. Amen. And I know most all of you guys here are members here. But I want you to understand, it's not, it is not to build up Pastor Allen's church. You guys know my heart. That is definitely not the case. It's so that we can accomplish that vision that's on that wall out there. It's so that you can bring your supply, as Austin was talking about, into God's house. And we can accomplish some things. Amen. But there's so and let me tell you something. You don't find a church by going because they got the best building. We don't have the best building. Right? But we're believing God for some things, and some things are rolling right in our direction right now. Yeah. Just go, I'm just going to throw that one out there. Don't let up believe in God for that in the 10,000 square feet. We're, the, we're getting closer. We talked about that before, right? But let me tell you something. You don't go because of the building. You don't go because they got a flashy band, and we got a great band. Great band. Kaylee and, and, and Michelle, all of them. Austin, all of them. Jamin, they do a fantastic job. Keith, all of you. Wyatt, oh, I'm going to be so, so, so sad to see. Those of you who don't know Wyatt, we'll be moving in, in about a week. I mean, he has been such a, you've been a very much a blessing, Wyatt, for this church. Anyway, so back, back to this. But you don't go to a church because of the band, because of the, the minister dresses the way you like, or the minister, you know, or, the, or, the, or he speaks the, the best. Or he, that's not why you go, guys. We just read that's going to be the problem in the last days, yeah. right? Because I'm going to, and there's so many people, so many people pursuing the wrong things when it comes to trying to find a church. Listen, God wants you to be in the place where you can use your gifts and talents as he intends, but more importantly, guys, he wants you in the place where you can receive. Because let me tell you something, if you go fall under another minister uh, that that God didn't call you to go over there, you're not going to receive because he calls you here because he speaks to that minister to speak to you. Come on, you're not receiving. You're not hearing God's voice. And then people want to wonder why the world's crashing around them. And I always ask people, 
That when they, you know, we sit down and we talk or counsel or whatever you want to call it, and they, they're talking about the problems are always crashing, and, and I always want to go back to them. Are you sure you're in the happy place? Are you sure you're in God's perfect will? Because when you're not in God's perfect will, guys, things can happen and snowball out of control in your life, guys, and you're only going to get there by, by being able to discern the Scripture and discern what's happening in your life, and growing spiritually is the way to do that. Amen. You've got to be where, where God, you've got to be where you can receive from God. Jeremiah 3.15 says that, Then in the final time I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and true understanding. Guys, that's my job, to feed you the Word. It's not to entertain you. I'll do my best to hold your interest because I know people check out really quick. But my job is to feed you the word. I'm a, my job is to preach a balanced diet from this pulpit so that you can walk in and grow in the fullness of what God has for you. And, and listen, don't, don't, don't find yourself, you know, I, this is kind of a soapbox of mine, and I'm going to handle this with kid gloves, but, but people get so mad at God when the world's crashing around them, and they're the ones that's outside the will of God. Right? Yeah. And, and it, it really frustrates me. Don't get mad at my God because you stepped out of the will of God. And then they go to this, they go to this point. Well, I guess God's out to get me because I'm not in his will right now. Nah, that's not, God's not out to get anybody, guys. He's not, that you can get mad at him and, and twist it on him. But let me tell you something. The reason the world's crashing around them is because they're not in a church that he called them to be in, serving under a spiritual shepherd that can speak to them as God and the Holy Spirit inspires it to be spoken to them. They're not hearing his voice and they're not in a place where they can be taught and they can grow spiritually so they can discern all of the context of Scripture and discern what's happening in their lives, guys. They're not in a place where they're receiving from God. Amen? It's very important. You know, I knew a guy one time. Uh, he, he was very loyal in, in, to his pastor, and he was in a church for about eight years. And he was dealing with, uh, uh, he needed a healing, a specific healing. It was something in his body. I can't remember what it was. But in, he, for, for the whole time, he was at this one church for eight years, you know, and he never received that healing. And, you know, and one day he just decided that he felt led to go to another church. But he went to this one because it was close to his house. And the other one was about 40 minutes away, so it was a pretty good drive. And he didn't want to make that drive, but God was calling him there. The, the, later on, he finally told me this. God was calling him to make the 40-minute drive, but he didn't want to make that drive, so he went here for eight years. Never received his healing. Guys, when he finally just said that, that was it, he did what he was supposed to do. He left the church on good terms and, 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 and in a good way, and he left that church, and then he went where God had been trying to call him to for eight years, and then went in there, and in one week's time, he received his miracle. What happened? He stepped back into his happy place. Amen. His happy place. Amen. What's that got to do with spiritual growth? Listen, that's the only way you're going to get to your happy place, right? Amen. Come on. You got you to make sure you're in these places. You, you guys, it goes back to what I always tell you guys. It, you've got to be able to rightly divide the scripture, right? Because we need that scripture to, to develop what we believe. Because you, ha- you believe something in your head. All right, everything that you believe, and I'm talking about, about scripture, about life, about you either believe it, 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 all those, we believe something, 
okay? And that, those beliefs are formed off of knowledge of something. In other words, if you, if you believe what you believe about, I don't know, about fishing based off of knowledge you have of fishing, right? Well, the same thing's true spiritually, Guys, and, 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 and if you're developing your spiritual life, your beliefs about your spiritual life, if you're developing that off of knowledge from this world, you're in trouble. So where do we get our knowledge to base off of our spiritual life? You, you make sure that the Word of God is what you use to form what you believe, guys, and then you let those beliefs be what controls you to respond to life. It's that simple. It's that simple, guys. But you got too many people responding to what Google tells them to do. I'm just saying. You know, there's even, there's even a move now to say we don't need school anymore because kids got everything they need at the drop of a hat right now. But I'm going to tell you something. That's dangerous, guys. If you, I encourage you not to, and everybody Google stuff. I mean, come on. But I'm going to tell you something. Think about just for a second the control that Google would have. If they, because if you fall into becoming, that's your only source for information, guys, then whatever they want to put out there becomes your source for your information and you're going to believe it. Amen. Very important. Don't even, you shouldn't be Googling spiritual things. You can Google some to get some started, but you need to do your research. Do rightly divide the scripture. Rightly divide the scriptures. Listen, make sure that you're believing things based on the word of God and, that's, and allowing those beliefs to govern your response to life. Amen. Amen? And that only happens if you, if you grow, choose to grow spiritually. Go with me to, to Hebrews. Paul talked about this in Hebrews chapter 5. And it's a choice, guys. Growing spiritually is a choice. You know, if you're lazy and you don't want to put any effort into it, then what you get out of your spiritual life is what you put into it. It's just simply put. I understand that society wants to tell you we don't have to work. Everything should be free. School education should be free. Blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you, that's not going to work. And what you get out of life is what you put into it, right? If you want to be a good, successful business owner, you work hard. I'm sorry. I told all my, I told all my kids that. I work hard for our business and for this church. I work many hours. And, and now, I, now, do I think you can get to a point where, where it's easier? Absolutely. I imagine Miranda starting her business. I've been, you know, getting into photography. She works a lot. Am I right? She works a lot. But she's building something. Amen? But it's going it's, it's to depend on how, hard, how much effort you put into it. All right. Paul's talking about spiritual immaturity here. And I want to I really, I wanna really get, ooh, get, to the, get in this. Uh, Five, Hebrews 5, beginning in verse 12. And I'm going to read this out of the New King James. I'm going to read through 15. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. Now, let me just set the table here what's going on. Paul's a little frustrated right here. He's a little aggravated because, you know, he's, he's, been, he's been preaching and been preaching and preaching for quite some time. And he's got a group of people here that just want to come here and preach. And I can relate to this, right? But he, he, he's a little aggravated right here because he been, he's been preaching for quite some time, but they're not progressing into the things of spiritual. This is what, this is what he's talking about. He says, you, for by this time, you ought to be teachers. But yet you need someone to teach you again, over and over, the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need the milk and not the solid food. Now, one, some translations say the milk of the word and the meat of the word. So we're going to talk about the milk of the word and the meat of the word here in just a second. 
Verse 13, it says, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. 14, but solid food or the meat of the word belongs to those who are full age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. All right, what's Paul saying here? He was like, look guys, you know, when you have a baby, Keith's about to find this out. There's a lot of milk that goes on into growing that baby. In other words, you've got to give the baby a bottle. Right? And you got to feed it quite a bit. You're going to be up a lot. You'll get three hours sleep every night. No, I'm just kidding. I won't prophesy that over here, right? <laughs> but anyway, babies take milk, right? And so we're talking about the milk of the word, but yet when they grow up, they, in order to grow, they got to get to some, some solid food, some meat, right? Some steak. They need some, something sure enough solid, right? Give me a steak, right? What he's saying, right? He's telling us like, guys, you come in here week after week and you listen to, or whenever, how often, I don't know how often they were preaching at this time, but you come in here preaching and you hear me preaching the word, preaching, 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 and I'm giving you a bottle every time you come in here, guys, but that's all you're doing is you're hearing it. You're hearing it. You're hearing it. And guess what? When they hear it, faith rises, which is important, guys. Which is important because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But why does that faith come? It comes. The reason God said, designed us this way so that you can do what the scriptures tell you, right? Yeah. So, so he, me, the milk of the word is a very, I want to really clarify this, guys, because I've heard a lot of messages on this and they're not wrong. But they leave out one little aspect that I want to show you, and I want you to make sure you get this, right? Because the, but, but the milk of the word is hearing the word. In other words, you hear what the word says about tithing. You're hearing what the word says about giving. You're hearing what the word says about love. You're hearing what the word says about how a husband treats his wife. You're hearing what the word says about marriage. You're hearing what the word says about witnessing. You're hearing about what the word says about your potential. All you're hearing. See, the list can go on and on. We can be up here for another hour. Right? But you're, that's what the, 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 the milk of the word is hearing. And everyone that comes to church hears it or listens to a podcast or listens to a message. They hear it. But they're spiritual babies if it stops there, guys. If it stops there. Because remember, they hear it, faith rises, come on. And they're supposed to do something, right? So that's where the meat of the word comes in. And when we talk about the meat of the word, anytime I say that, What's the one thing that most people go straight to when you say that? And deep, deeper. Oh, and talk about the meat. Oh, pastor, you got to get, that's getting into the deep stuff. The deep stuff. Now, there is some truth to that, but that's not just it. That is not just it. Let me tell you something. People, there are people that that, that, that the devil has convinced that, that we'll never understand scripture. But then how can you go back and say all the scholars, because the Regent University did a survey, and I forget how many of the scholars all agreed that the Bible is written on a fifth grade level. That means that if, if you can read at a fifth grade level, you should be able to read it and comprehend what it's saying, especially with the new translations that are out there today. Now, I know there's some things out there that, that need to be divided, and you need to, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, right? But it, what's the point of all of that, right? Guys, the meat of the word is when is 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 is, 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 is you got to do something cuz let me tell you something god gave us the operations manual our bible that's my ipad that's our bible now don't you think that if god gave us an, an operations manual for our lives he would make us with the ability to understand it yeah. 
Come on. Don't overcomplicate Scripture. So many people will just, they, they want to spend their lives, right, now, and I'm not saying that we don't rightly divide. There's a balance to all of this, right? A balance to all of this. But it's, and God has given us the capacity. That means he hasn't hid anything from us, thanks to the Holy Spirit. Guys, so what is the meat of the word? The meat of the word that Paul is talking about right here is not just hearing the word, it's a it's about and learning scripture. This is where people stop. They hear it, they learn, and they memorize scripture. Guys, that's not what he's talking about. And they try to live their life only off of that. And then it stops right there. But the meat of the word, guys, is when you hear it, you learn it, it develops a belief in your head, guys, and then you allow that belief to respond to life, guys. In other words, the meat of the word is you do it. You do the word. You're not just listening to be listening. You are spiritually mature enough to go do it. That means that... When you learn about what the Word of God says about a marriage, you do it. When you learn what the Word of God says about giving, you do it. Now, you know we don't pull emotional strings to try to get you to give money here. There's a lot of things that got out of balance in teaching on giving. But let me tell you something. The law of sowing and reaping was put in place in this earth. And if God moves on your heart to pay somebody's rent, to pay someone's mortgage, to pay someone's power bill, to buy someone a cup of coffee, guys, remember, you're, you want to make sure you stand before God and you say, I did the things you told me to do. Glory to God. But the living by the meat of the word is doing it. Getting it done. We need some doers of the word. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And guys, let me do That means that, guys, we, we learn about the whole context of Scripture. That means you learn about the gifts of the Spirit, but yet you allow the gifts of the Spirit to operate in your life. That's right. Come on, there's so many people that are kicked. Well, we're going to have church, but we want to have that. That part's a little, they don't understand it. Right? Come on. Listen, you do Spiritual maturity and living by the meat of the word is doing the word of God. And let me tell you something. Don't do everything Google tells you to do. And I'm going to stop right there. Now I'm going I'm I'm to get, I'm just going to tell you guys, so many people form that belief off of what that phone tells them. It's so dangerous, guys. And there's so many things going on in the spiritual realm right now. You know, if, we were, if, if pastors were to stand up and to tell everything that they're fighting with against the enemy for their churches and what's going on in the society and stuff, people wouldn't believe it, right? Some of you would probably be surprised at some of the things that I have to, uh, Michelle and I have to stand firm on your behalf. And I don't do that for a pat on the back. That's my job. I love you guys. I want you to walk in the fullness and the full potential of God, right? Amen. But there's a lot of things going on, guys. And you need to grow spiritually so you can discern these things, right? So last week we talked about the different stages. And I'm going to get on through this of growth. We talked about a baby. We talked about a childhood. And we talked about adulthood. In the similarities in natural growth, you can see the same similarities in spiritual growth. Now your homework was to go home and locate yourself. Because we're all somewhere on that scale. You know, if you're 90 years old and you just got saved, well, now you just became a spiritual baby. It doesn't have anything to do with your age, right? It has to do with the fact that, that, that you, got, you, you, don't know, you, got, you don't know some things. You got to learn some things, right, spiritually. So I know a lot of people are asking me, what do you do? 
to grow spiritually. So I made you a list. I haven't done a list in a while, so I made you a list. So some of you will be happy. Those of you with a pencil, get ready. I'm going to give you this list. And it's very important, guys. If you do these seven things that I'm about to give you, and I'm not going to go into details on these. These are very simple and easy to understand and easy for you to... to we've pre, we have preached sermons on these things, and, but I am going to talk about this first one pretty good because this is a big one that hinders people from growing spiritually. A big one, guys. Get this. Two things I want you to get today is what I'm about to tell you and get the fact that we need to be living by the meat of the word, which is, which is not just knowing the word, not just knowing the deep stuff of the word, but knowing it to the point where it's a natural response that you do it. Just think if the body of Christ would just do what God said in his word by faith, trust in him, my gosh, we'd be unstoppable. Glory to God. Amen. All right, so the first step to growing spiritually, you got to get this, guys. Don't let this stop you because it stops so many people. Did I already say that? Well, I said it again. This is important. You got to learn to forget. Learn to forget, right? That's the first step to spiritual growth. Forget the past. You've been made a new creature. You've been a new creation. Your spirit man on the inside has been made new, right? Look with me at Philippians chapter 3. Paul was telling us something here. Verse 13. He, Paul says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing that I do is forgetting those things which are behind and continue to reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I forget the past and I constantly press toward the mark, which is Jesus, guys. Stop hanging up on the past. That is a tool that the devil is using to stop so many people. It does not define who you are today. Now, I don't know what you've been through, but I've been through hell. But it, if I hung up on the fact of what I went through, and those things were not nice, those things weren't pleasant, and I'll bring some of them up as a testimony, but that's it. Other than that, I don't talk about them because that brings glory to what Satan did in my life. And I don't want to bring glory to any of that. Guys, you've got to learn to let it go. Let it go. You don't need a therapist. You don't need medicine. You don't Let it go. You've got to learn to forget. Let it go, guys. It's so, and it's so interesting there, Paul. He, he obviously he didn't think he had arrived because he said he keeps pressing toward the goal. And let me talk about being a, a, when you get to a place where you think you arrived, that means you think you're in a place where you already know it all. Yeah. And guys, I'm going to tell you something. That's a dangerous place to be. And I'm going to leave it at that. If that's you, mm, start, start, start doing a little, doing a study on humility. Amen. Start, but listen, you got to learn to forget it. Forget the past. And let me just say this, guys. you got to learn to forget the past blessings also. Now, you've got to retain it for a, to, to use as a testimony, but there's a lot of people living off of the blessings that God did in their life in the past. 
And they all they want to talk about the glory days, the good old days. Look, well, God did this, God did that. Guys, when you get hung up living on that, and, and that's, your own, that's your happy place now, you stop trying to press toward the mark. You stop trying to reach out toward the future blessing God's got for you. I don't care if you're 90 years old. He's got blessings for you. It doesn't stop. If you're still breathing and walking and taking up space, there's still people that need to hear the good news of Jesus. And he wants to use you. Don't get hung up on that because he may have gave you $20,000 to do something 10 years ago, but he may give you $2 million to do something now. Amen. Don't get hung up on these, the past. Do not get hung up on the past because I'm going to tell you something. That is one that gets so many people. Let it go. Let it go. And let me tell you something. And, and, and you know, I, I see Cody right there. He's got a psychology degree. And I'm not against psychologists. I've had this conversation with him. But there's a lot of people. I saw this with my mother. And there's a place for psychology. Very much so. But my mom, she went through some rough stuff in her life too. And really 10 times worse than what I went through. And she wouldn't forget it. She actually, she actually did let it go, but it was when she was about 50, about 53 years old, I think. But she spent her whole life up to that point going to therapist after therapist, going to see this person, going to see that doctor, going here, going there, going there. All, and every time she'd go to a different one, she was reliving what happened in her life. And I'll never forget this, plain as day, when, and I'll actually learn this from her. She said, she told me, she said, if I would have quit bringing that back up, she said, she told me, she called me, my nickname was Bubba. She said, Bubba, she said, she told me, she said, all I ever did was bring glory to what the devil did in my life. I mean, and she told me that. And and I was like, she I was like, that's so true. So true. So true. And, but she, you know, she got freedom from it when she walked Away, she chose to not bring it back up. She chose to not let it define who she was, and that happened later on in her in her age. But glory, guys, don't get hung up on the past. Isaiah forty three twenty five says, "I will blot out your transgressions, and I will remember your sins no more." Guys, if God's not remembering them, why are we? Why are we? I mean, you know, let it go. Start living the new life that God. Let me tell you something. If you are, have received salvation, you've been adopted into a new bloodline. Come on, don't get hung up on generational curses, carrying things over that that your family had. There's sicknesses that. Well, my granddaddy had diabetes. Now my mama had diabetes. I guess I'm gonna have diabetes. No, don't do that. You have been made new in a new bloodline, adopted into a new family, based off of the precious blood of Jesus. Whoop. Losing my voice. Glory. I'm a little passionate this morning, but bear with me, guys. I'm, I'm getting through this. Getting through this. I'm watching the clock, guys. The next thing that you got to do, guys, is you got to learn to forgive. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, forgiving one another, even as God has forgiven you, guys. You know, and we've done sermon after sermon. So much depends on forgiveness. You know, Mark 11.25 tells us that if you're going to move your mountain, one of the first things you got to do is you got to forgive. Amen. You got to forgive. So you got to do that. Learn to forgive. And when you learn God's law of forgiveness, I encourage you to do a study on that. Man, that talk about something that will help you grow spiritually. 
All right, the next thing you got to do, number three, is you got to learn to pray. Now, we just got through doing a series on this, so I'm not going to have to go into this, but a successful prayer life is built on the Word of God. And I'm going to tell you something. Once you have that foundation of the Word and of faith inside you and you pray accordingly, there's no stopping you. No stopping you. No stopping you. Amen. All right, the next thing you got to do is you got to learn to believe. Mark eleven twenty four. Believe when you pray, you'll receive. Believe when you pray, you'll receive. That's the prayer of faith. You believe it. Now, I don't mean you pray, you get the answer to your prayer, then you believe. No, you believe. Believe, 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 believe. The prayer of faith doesn't work unless you believe. Now, number five, you got to learn to worship. And worship is just, that's just the, that's the ultimate sign of a, of a faith testimony because you're praising God in the middle of your storm. You're not praising him for the storm. You're praising him for the answer that's coming by faith. Amen. Now, number six, you got to learn to give. This is a big one that the enemy uses to separate people is giving because, you know, people in the world today are, everything's driven by dollars, and everything's driven by, 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 by money. So naturally, the enemy wants to get into your head and say that we shouldn't be giving. But let me tell you something. God gave to us, and we, that was, he set the example when he sowed his son into this earth to reap each and every one of us. We should be giving. Amen. Now, number seven, you need to learn to witness. Guys, when's the last time that you witnessed? Learn to witness. Think, how is that going to grow you spiritually? Well, the more you witness, the easier it comes to you and the better it gets with the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit has empowered you to be a witness. You need to be a witness. Learn to be a witness. Now, that's seven things, and there are actually more, but I li- li- limited it to seven right there. And I'm going to tell you something. If you'll learn to do all of these things consistently, guys, you know what happens? You become a doer of the Word. You become a doer of God's word. And guys, that's what Paul was talking about when he was saying, we don't, I don't need you living off the milk. I don't need you living off just hearing the word, hearing the word. I need you living off doing the word. You know, we look at the divorce rate in this nation right now as it's really bad. But if people would understand that, 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 you know, and it happens, but if people would understand that marriage is hard, life is hard. Everything's hard. But don't run from it. Embrace the hardness. Right? And, and work with God through your situation to overcome it, guys. And do what the Word of God says about your marriage, about your life. And you can apply that to any principle in your life. Anything that you're going through, guys. If you'll do these things, you'll become the doer of, of God's Word, guys. And that's the place where you reach spiritual maturity. When you can get to a place where you hear the word, faith arises on the inside of you, which remember that faith is what gives you, is, is what makes it, enables you to do what God's calling you to do. But then you don't just sit there with that information. You take that step of faith and you go do what the word of God says. When the word of God tells you to give, give. If the word of God tells you to, to pray with someone, pray with someone. When's the last time you laid hands on the sick? You know, that, that's like a, like a thing we don't see anymore. But the Scripture says we should be doing it. Amen? 
Very important, guys. These are very important, guys. We need you as spiritual giants. God wants you walking in. I want you walking in your full potential. He's got a purpose for each and every one of us. Glory to God. And if you're going to stay in your happy place, come on, we all want to be in that happy place, then you're going to have to grow spiritually to be able to discern when the enemy is trying to separate you from your church, separate you from your family, separate you from your job, separate you from it. He's trying to do everything he can to steal, kill, and destroy you. But you've got to understand how to discern it. And the ability to do that comes from growing spiritually. Amen? Let's pray.